0: Welcome to the State of Recruiting, the uh, bi-weekly this week, uh, Orange 24-7 Recruiting Podcast. Uh, Sometimes we're once a week, sometimes we're bi-weekly, and in this great time of coronavirus, Uh, We're going to come to you as often as we can, so uh, we won't be on a set schedule, but we are going to try to get some questions in every week. Uh, I'm Mike Roach. I'm joined, as always, by Nick Harris. Nick, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're kind of here and there right now, but hopefully more so of there.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of what we'll see this episode. We ask for questions. We get it. There's not a lot new going on. So, guys, if I ask for questions and you want to ask us silly things or what our favorite restaurants are, or, uh, stories from the road, any of that stuff, we're down and willing to talk about. You know, just about anything um, at this point. But um, we are going to to answer the the reader questions over on the Horns twenty four seven message board. Um, We'll talk a little bit. But uh, Nick, how are you? uh, How's the quarantine going for you?
1: Oh, it's going pretty good. I tried to go out to something today, but they canceled it last night at the last minute. So (laughs) thought I was going to get some last minute content, but uh, now just uh, social distancing, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it's probably a good idea. I mean. You know, I I don't. We're not experts at this thing, and I don't want to come on here and preach like we are. But you know, to see the videos like these kids at Spring Break that are just like, "Yeah, we'll party, man," and if we get Corona, we'll get it. (laughs) It's insane, and like people are don't realize like if this thing prolongs, we're gonna lose football. And I I get that that's a very small thing in a lot of people's minds, but like. It's a serious situation, and, and people who aren't taking it seriously are, uh, you know, it just drives me insane. If I'm going to sit in my house all day long, um, you know, I, it bothers me that there are people who are just disregarding it now at the beach, but that's America. I guess <laughs> that's what we kind of signed up for. Um, I will say this. I did get out and take my dog for a walk today, and uh, it's amazing what that will do just kind of change your perception. Um, yeah, absolutely. You get some fresh air. I've seen a lot of kids riding their bikes around my neighborhood, playing basketball out the street, stuff like that. Like, I, kids don't play like that anymore. So, um, I will say, know.
1: I did see a full-on seven-on-seven football game going on about four hours ago outside, and I almost just kind of sat and watched because this is the only football we <laughs> we'll be getting until August probably. <laughs>
0: And that's awesome, though, right? Because kids don't yeah. really play outside <laughs> anymore, you know? And and so, like, I guess one good side effect of this is that that's happened. And, um, you know, I got out, took my dog around, and we had a good walk. And so I would challenge you guys to get out and get some fresh air and, and go take your dog or something for a walk if you need to. Um, here's something. So I've, I've been talking to college coaches. They're very bored right now. Um, <laughs> and so they're they're very much into talking right now. Um I've been talking to them just about kind of how this coronavirus is going to change the uh, the cycle and, and just in their minds and uh, one guy I talked to said he is he is pretty dead sure that uh, this is going to be a lot more of a regional class, and in, in that, um, a lot of guys are going to stick to schools in their region because spring is such a, a good time for them to take like those out-of-state visits, right, and go see schools from across the country, and that's kind of where those schools get in. But uh, without having that opportunity, and really, who knows? Like when, when we're going to get the opportunity to open things back up? Uh, I think that guys are going to for the most part have to stick to their official visits and what they can see unofficially in the summer and fall and I think that uh, you know his theory is that you know we're pretty much going to stick to our own state and in the surrounding areas uh, uh this fall Nick do you have any uh, any viewpoint or any opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I can see that. And that's definitely just going to kind of come with the territory of not being able to uh, get out much. You know, we don't know when these kids can go back and visit. It might not open up until the season starts, in which case they're definitely going to be very limited to regional options. But for any year for this to be the problem for the Texas staff, this is a pretty good year to have that problem. It's a stacked class, top to bottom, a lot of depth at most positions uh, in the state of Texas. So um, I I still think they they can come out with a pretty strong class.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a great class, talent-wise, 2022 the same. And, um, you know, I think we – somebody asked today, and uh, just thinking about it, the podcast we did earlier this week, breaking down the 2022 rankings and all the words I have written this week on 2022, which feels like a ton. Um, I think that this staff has done such a great job getting in early with 2022. Um, you know, we talked about on that breakdown, Evan Stewart, for instance, who I said on our podcast doesn't have an offer from Texas yet. But uh, wouldn't surprise me if he has one. You know, Texas offered him today. Uh, I guess it's Thursday as you're listening to this, Friday as we release it. But, yeah, I mean, it's um, – I think that they're so ahead there where they were playing from behind with 2021. I'll be interested to see – you know, it, there's a lot of confidence in, in sources in Austin that I've talked to about how they might perform this year. Now, that could certainly change – you know – based on the fact that they're really not going to have a period for install um, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball like they usually do in spring. But um, I know there's a lot of confidence in Austin that they could win a lot of games this year. So if they win, combined with the level of, of preparedness they've gotten to 2022, um, I think that that could be a potentially monster year for them.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. All
0: right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to questions. Um these questions can be submitted onto the Orange 24-7 message board. Um, we will take them there, and we will answer them here. Uh, our first question comes to us from uh, Orange Austin Stone. He says, Mike, see if you can get the Brockermeyer brothers to join the podcast. Ask them if Alabama leads and what will it take for Texas to win them over. They probably have some time on their hands. Um, <laughs> I, You know what? we are. I, I do want to work on getting some guys on the podcast for sure. Um, I have to figure out that technology on my end and I'm not very good at that so that's something I'm working on but uh, the Brockermeyeier brothers I think is I can at least get one of them on here. Um, I, I'm, I'm close enough with that family and um, I think that you know I think that like I've said Alabama does hold I think hold a little bit of an edge in this recruitment but people are, um, you know, anytime that we don't report that Texas is the overwhelming leader, I think people lose their minds. I mean, Texas is, this is what you get when you are recruiting five stars. Legacies or not, when you're recruiting five-star elite guys in the top five, ten in the country, you're going to have to battle with the Alabamas of the world. You're going to have to, uh, you know, it's not always going to be a lock and it's not going to be easy. But when you deal in high leverage recruitments, if you win, you get high, high uh, in talent. And so I think you know i think for for people like we're talking about being regional i don't know that the brockmirers necessarily have to go on an official visit to choose alabama i think that they've they've been there twice on unofficial visits but I think that that definitely hurts Alabama, considering they were going to get uh, a visit here in a couple of weeks and then another one this summer. I can tell you the one in here in a couple of weeks is probably not going to happen. So uh, that's something that, that I think benefits Texas at this point. But, um, yeah, they, they, uh, they definitely have some time on their hands. But from what I've seen, they're uh, working out in their garage.
1: Yeah, and, and that's another thing where I think the uh, the regional thing might work out with Texas in this class, with you know the Brockermeyers maybe not being able to get back to Alabama one more time. But uh, I, I'm sure they would make that time in the in the during the season if they were opening back up during the season. Um, but yeah, like you said, with getting in on five stars, it doesn't matter who they are. Um, you know, the Brockermeyer brothers, big time, uh, grew up big time UT fans, but, uh, you're going to get the Alabamas and you're going to get the Clemsons and the LSU is getting involved too. And, you know, when they put out the 22 rankings, uh, on Wednesday, that was kind of something I noticed with, uh, that'll probably start happening with Devin Campbell and Denver Harris. You know, those are two guys that are uh, in that top 32, which is normally where at the end of their senior class, it's kind of where the five-star range locks. Um, and those are going to be guys that are going to get a ton of offers from national powers here in the next few weeks. Uh, I think Denver Harris added another one today uh, from a national power. I can't remember who right now, but uh, you know it's going to kind of come with the territory of being a five-star recruit.
0: I think both those guys already have Bama, and you know just kind of discussing. The way that it's perceived, like everybody's going, you know, speaking of the twenty-two rank, rankings, everybody's losing their mind on Quinn Ewers. I can tell you this: I've talked to Quinn Ewers and his family a million times. They're nowhere close to a decision. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of road on that recruitment. Unless something happens and they flip on a dime and just decide to shut things down, there's no nothing close. So don't worry about Crystal Balls right now. When when it gets close to decision time, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> all right, our next question comes to us from. Horny Bob. It says, uh, in light of the pandemic, where the NCAA actually uh, do the right things for recruits and schools? In your opinion, what should happen to visits, signing day, and if you care to comment, transfers? Um, so I think my answer with that is it depends on how long uh, we're actually shut out for everything. If this thing ends in, let's say, mid-June, I think that the compensation is you take away the summer dead period, um, and and basically allow official visits to go on through July, which which is usually pretty much blocked out as a dead period. Um, and I think that that would compensate for what you know they may have lost here. I think even if you if you have to line up the days, you could even go into the January dead period. Um, and and take some days away from there as well. I would not move signing day. I would still leave an early signing day and a late signing day because you are going to have to have those signings for for guys who want to enroll early and things like that. Um, And a lot of people will have their their decisions wrapped up before then. On transfers, I I, I don't know how much this – I guess um, this would affect transfers in the way that, like, grad transfers or guys in the portal can't make school visits. Again, I think (sighs) – It's really going to depend on when everything kind of gets wrapped up because what you'd like is to have your transfers in by summer one, um, and then going through workouts with the team. I don't think that's going to happen because this thing looks like it's going to go right up to the front door of summer one at the very least, and, and you know these transfers haven't been able to take visits or, or really go see other schools. So that one's probably going to be the hardest one to sort out just because you know you're working through a lot of red tape in a, in a short short amount of time.
1: Yeah, and I'll go ahead and start with the visits. Um, I'd be surprised if we get many, if any, uh, dead periods when we do come back. You know, just realistically speaking, you know, this could very well push into the right beginning of August. And if they open things back up uh, right in the beginning of August with only about uh, two weeks or probably even a week now uh, before a summer ball starts. Um, to get visits in and um, make some things happen on the recruiting end. Uh, they're just not going to have much time before the season starts. And so I, I, could, I could very well see that there's not many dead periods during the season or even in January after the first signing day. Uh, and with signing day, I think we could see a lot more kids signing in February now. Uh, For this 2021 class, Um, I mean, there will be some, there will still be some heavy talent uh, signing in the early signing period, um, you know, like we've seen in the past couple of years. But I don't think it's going to be as many that will be uh, signing in February. And sorry if you hear that beeping in the background. I'm at my mom's place and that's her washer going off. But (laughs) Uh, signing day, um, I, more kids at at the later signing day, which I think will make it more exciting, you know, uh, to kind of give us a reminiscent of when it was just a February signing day. And then uh, as far as transfers, yeah, it's always best to get them in right when the summer starts, but um, I guess it won't really matter if nobody's there when the summer starts. So uh, uh, again, that's just probably gonna be on a transfer by transfer basis on how that plays out. And, you know, I'm sure some kids have some schools in mind where they would want to go anyway.
0: It's a good point about pushing those more signings to February, I think. One comment I made last year when we were at the Army Bowl was, uh, you know, this this week used to be filled with so much heat. Like, there was so many rumors and who's going where and who's going to pick what. And by now, 99% of the guys in that game have already made a decision and signed. <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll get that back this year. Maybe that will be a, a bright side of it, just the heat of that week. Um, our next question from Hookum SD says, Do you think that big-time Power 5 colleges give out offers based on recruiting rankings from sites like 24-7 Arrivals?" Do you think Texas does that to a certain degree? Colleges will tell you all the time that they don't care about our rankings, and <laughs> yet I can't tell you when we have a release how many college coaches I know contact me to see where guys are going to be ranked. Um, it just they just go hand in hand. It's pub, it's public perception, and yeah, I do think um, I think there are times that. Um, maybe they're on the fence on a guy and then maybe he debuts really high on our rankings and and that a lot causes them to pull the trigger i think there are times i know there are times for certain where guys are kind of secrets um to the to the bigger world and to a lot of staffs but a couple of staffs know about them and they're going back and forth on it and they know like if they're going to debut high in the rankings they will no longer be a secret those will get offers um and so yeah, I think I don't I don't think that they're using our rankings to build their recruiting list. I mean, there's guys that like you know, for instance, Jonathan Brooks, we didn't know about Jonathan Brooks until Texas offered him. That's not something we found, that's something they found. But I think for the most part, yeah, a lot of that stuff does go hand in hand. And I think Texas does do it to a certain degree. I don't think, I think that they're more stubborn with their evals and they've got a a great eval staff. Um, And I think that they'll stick to those evals more than anything. But I also think that they will kind of, uh, you know, they will kind of alter a plan based on where guys could debut on rankings.
1: Yeah, and you're kind of seeing that right now with the 2022 class after we put out the rankings on Wednesday, and uh, a lot more guys that you know only a few recruiter um, uh, recruiter analysts knew about. Uh, specifically, a couple from Garland High that uh, Texas went ahead and threw out an offer to before the rankings dropped, and uh, you've kind of seen it in the past couple days. Just a ton of kids getting offers that are higher on that 2022 list. So they definitely mean something. You know, it's not just uh, you have four stars to have four stars or have five stars to have five. Um, those staffs definitely take a look at that because, like you said public perception and uh, you know we're able to see those kids a lot more uh, than some of the staff uh, can go out and see them because of dead periods and stuff like that Uh, so definitely they matter to a certain degree and you actually took uh, my Jonathan Brooks example where I was just going to mention where you know sometimes they don't it's a yes and no situation and uh, they have a great eval staff like you said as well and uh, you know Jonathan Brooks is one of those diamonds in the rough that they're trying to hit on.
0: It always makes me laugh because every signing day there will be a press conference where a coach says, I don't care anything about the rankings or what the National Recruiting Service is saying. It's just wrong. Like they do. And it's not, I'm not (laughs) saying that there's any shame in that. Like we work hand in hand. And by the way, we bounce feedback off of a lot of college coaches about guys. It's how it's a component of our rankings. You know, if we talk to a college coach and says this is how we see this guy, you know, we factor that in when we're when we're ultimately ranking a guy. So it kind of works with each other. But it just makes me laugh because they'll say, "Oh, we don't care. We don't care about seven on seven or camps." Yet every time I leave a seven on seven game or a camp. You know my my uh, phone starts blowing up with, with coaches. So it's just it's funny to me the way they kind of duck and dodge in, in public. But uh, you know behind the scenes are definitely extremely interested how so and so looked and um, <laughs> it's just I it's just the way of the world I guess. So uh, I I don't get too mad at it. I just laugh. Um, all right, next question also from Hookham, SD. He says if Texas misses out on the big dogs at running back, uh, where could the staff turn for two running back spots? Um, I think that Jonathan Brooks is is definitely one of those guys, and I think that Jonathan Brooks is definitely a top-tier guy on the Texas board. He is definitely a take at this point. Um, he's not a guy that they would hold off on as a second tier as of right now, from what I know. And so I think that, you know, when you look at, at Jonathan Brooks and what he can do, um, I, that would be a name outside of, you know, Wheaton, L.J. Johnson, and Henderson. They do have an offer out, kind of, to Brandon Campbell. I think you could see them maybe revisit that. Um, otherwise, I would expect them to maybe kind of look around out of state a little bit uh, or maybe look at Juco. Um, where the, you know, you never know. There could be a guy who emerges later in state, a guy I really like at Comer Oak Ridge, is Altimus McCaskill. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that late in the cycle blows up at running back.
1: Yeah, and the, there's a pretty good option only 25 minutes from their campus in Tavier Dunlap. He's picked up uh, a pretty good number of Power 5 offers, uh, more so from the Pac-12 and Big Ten um, and then another guy that has been in contact with the Texas staff recently is Darius Hale from Pearland. Um, he's, uh, he's actually taken over Brandon Campbell's position over at Pearland um, uh, this year. Uh, he's a big-time stout running back. I, I put up some tweets about him when I saw him at the championship 7v7 uh, tournament out in Katy a couple weeks ago and the last event before the shutdown. But uh, those are two guys that I really like that I think Texas could definitely take a look at.
0: All right. Uh, Our next question from Tyrone Swoop says, is uh, Texas in the pole position for Wheaton? Having the last visit from him before the dead period seems promising with everything going on. I'll tell you this. I'm as close to the Wheaton recruitment as anybody, and I have no clue, and nobody has any clue. You talk to other media guys. You talk to college coaches. You talk to the people close to Kamar. They have no clue. That is truly a kid who, who... it seems to be in no rush to make a decision no rush to narrow anything down um and and basically nobody around him knows what's going on now there's a lot of guessing and if i from what i've heard smu oklahoma texas those are the three schools that really stick out but um as of right now i can't tell you texas is in the pole position i know they feel good about their position but um nobody truly knows where anybody lies with kamar
1: I think an interesting player in his recruitment is SMU right now, just kind of bouncing off that. I'm not sure as far as, you know, what school is in the lead, but SMU is a really interesting school in his recruitment right now because I think they have a legitimate shot, just as much of a chance as Texas or Oklahoma at this point even. And especially with you mentioning uh, about how uh, kids are probably going to stick more regional. I mean, would Kamar stay that regional? I don't know. I mean, he could always just go three hours south or three hours north, but there is also that option right there in DFW.
0: Yeah, and, you know, to be fair, there was a time last year where – I was told it was very close. Kamar was very close to committing to Texas. And a big part of that was Rashad Samples, who's now at SMU. Uh, I'm told that Kamar is very close with Preston Stone, the SMU quarterback. SMU is very much in that race. Um, So don't count them out at all for sure. Uh, Yeah, I was about
1: to say. I was about to say, Preston Stone and Kamar Wheaton in the same backfield would be terrorizing in a group of five.
0: (laughs) Right, and that's not the only one. I mean, think about the fact that they may lead for Savion
1: Bird. Exactly, you know? yeah, that's another one too.
0: So they're obviously lining everything up to to make this a monster class if they can really win. Okay, um, our last question comes to us from Charles Daniels. He says, you get stuck in a full quarantine and can only get your recruiting information from one of 24-7's competitor sites. Uh, which do you choose? I'm guessing he means our competitor sites, like in our market, not like the only true head-to-head 24-7 competitors rivals and so like i'm gonna say within our market if you look at like the football brainiacs or inside texas or all those my answer for that one would be inside texas we've talked here um we're pretty friendly with those guys and i i respect the work they do over at that site and um i I think that they do a good job and so i think if i had to get my information from one place it would probably be there um his second part of the question is we know having no camps and track is hurting some recruits but which 2021 uh, recruit is the no camp no track lockout helping i don't know that's helping anybody i mean coaches are are getting more time to to sit around and watch film and and maybe evaluate that way but This is really the time where camp heroes come out. You know, guys that that go to these camps and and explode after great performances, I think that that this is really hindering those type of guys. I'm not sure I have an answer for you. I don't think there is anybody that this thing's helping.
1: I mean, the only thing I can think of would be probably kids that are injured during this time, so they won't be able to show what any other kids are showing at this time, Uh, kids that wouldn't have been able to run track or anything like that anyway, and uh, the only kid i know that's kind of nursing an injury right now is quarterback from rockwall Braden Locke, but he's he's good to go now so he probably he would have made it to that Under Armour dallas camp so i can't think of any other kids that are nursing injuries right now but you know if there are any out there that you know track times would have helped and stuff like that um then yeah that that definitely kind of helps them uh this little lockout period
0: did you want to weigh in on the first part of the question
1: oh yeah inside texas for sure i forgot about that first part yeah that uh, our good friend justin wells yeah absolutely Just, uh, inside texas for sure <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for our questions and our podcast this week. We know it was a shorter one. Guys, I know we're running low on material. Uh, If you have questions, like literally, there's no bad question for us right now. We need your best bad idea, basically, at this point. Um, And we will talk about it. So if you again, if you have silly hypotheticals, if you want us to if you have ideas of what you may want to hear out of a podcast, let us know. We're putting this together as we go along. Uh, We want to be interactive with the crowd as well. So I want to make sure we're getting you guys the podcast whenever we can, so uh, help us out by uh, helping us come up with some things to to talk about on here. Um, All right, Nick, I uh, appreciate you joining me, and um, anything else to add before you get out of here?
1: No, I'm just kind of looking forward to this weekend and diving into the 2022 class. I'll have a piece on the defensive back class that's pretty loaded here in this 22 class I mentioned it on the last podcast, but I'll actually have an in-depth piece. I actually got a film room set up here at my mom's place. been watching film all day, so uh, I'm excited to get to it.
0: Awesome. Oh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, we can be found on pretty much any uh, podcast platform, uh, iTunes, Google, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, any of those. Um, you, you can go find us there. Please like our page, uh, subscribe, rate us high, all those good things. Um, my dog is about to tear down the curtains on my back door, so that's the sign for us to get out of here. Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening, and we will see you next week.